Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode seven of 211's Baseball Talk. My name is Dylan Baker. I'm alongside my father, Chris, and today I hope we won't have Yonfest 2018. <laughs> yeah, that'd be good. Why don't you yeah. do some Christmas intro music? We need some like classic Mariah Carey or something for the rest uh, of this uh, this year. I think that I can find something in the little section of intro music. Put the boob on. We need some Michael Bublé. <laughs> so, our topics <laughs> of discussion today My nice segue. Thank you. Are Jan Gomes being traded to the Nationals, Alex Calame to the White Sox, the non-tenders, a huge variety of non-tenders that were pretty, pretty big last week, the series of deals by the Seattle Mariners, Paul Goldschmidt got traded to the Cardinals, don't know if you heard about that one, do the Keuchel to the Blue Jays rumors have any validity, uh, Patrick Corbin to the Nats, with Corbin on the market, who do the Phillies and Yankees pursue? The Blue Jays' depth surplus, what to expect from Clubhouse to Mertulo. Uh, Nathan Evaldi signed with the Red Sox today. <laughs> Every week. Every week there's a Tulo bashing session. Why do you buy, yeah. Why you got a pile on Tulo? I don't like him. Uh, Carlos Carrasco got extended by the Indians. And, of course, as we do every week, the latest offseason buzz. Packed. Packed episode today. So let's get right into it. Uh, late last Friday night, it was reported that Jan Gomes had been traded to the Washington Nationals from the Cleveland Indians. In return, the Brazilian-born catcher, in return for the Brazilian-born catcher, Cleveland got Nats number seven prospect outfielder Daniel Johnson and a right-handed pitcher Jeffrey Rodriguez, along with a player to be named later. Thoughts on the deal? I know you were big on starting with this. Jan Gomes is not the greatest catcher in the league, but he's still pretty good. So thoughts on the deal? Well, it's just kind of funny that you said this wouldn't be a yawn fest and we start with Jan Gomes, but uh, <laughs> this is a, uh, a with good... the dad jokes. <laughs> well, there has to be. Who's going to do it if it's not me? <laughs> uh, okay, so this is a trade that really didn't strike me as anything interesting whatsoever other than it happened, so moving on. Well, I mean, <laughs> the Indians got <laughs> the uh, Nats number seven prospect for Jan Gomes. Yes, they did, so, which is actually I mean, pretty good. Right. I mean, that's, that's a pretty important move. Well, I mean, there, there were, there, I, I forget what set it was. I was watching MLB Now this past week, which I don't normally watch, but I was watching it, and they were talking about how there was some offensive stat that only seven catchers or twelve catchers in the game had, and the Nationals have two of those catchers in Jan Gomes and Kurt Suzuki just acquired. Yeah, yeah, no, and it's interesting. I'm, I'm kind of watching Cleveland a little bit closely here at the moment because they just signed. Who did they sign today? Carrasco. We'll Carrasco, yeah. Yeah, we're going to get into that later. You're right. But but having Carrasco really locked up to be a lifelong Indian now uh, mm-hmm. is is kind of an interesting move, and it kind of changes the outlook for their pitching staff. I'm, I, and this is also an interesting move because, you know, it's not it's not typical of Cleveland to see them making some of the – like, Jan Gomes was important to their playoff runs. He was oh, yeah. important to everything that they've done. So kind of interesting to see this move. I don't think they're tearing down or anything. I mean, basically all the other teams in that division hand them the division so <laughs> exactly there's really and maybe they realize that maybe they think you know what i can get rid of a yon gomes and still win this division because the tigers are in it right so yeah you know i mean that's but it's true i mean why not get a good prospect back when you're still going to win the division without him right so well, plus they uh didn't they oh never mind so they traded away one of the top catching prospects my bad that they acquired him so, yeah, I mean, I think this deal really benefits the Nationals because I think Gomes is still a good catcher, and I think the return that the Indians got may have been a little more than what they deserved for a young Gomes. Probably, but good move, and and we'll see, you know, this year, obviously, whether this, this trade works mm-hmm. out for both sides or not. So, 
you know, certainly if the Cleveland Indians end up in the playoffs, which most likely they will, uh, it's a great trade because you're really not losing any ability to compete and you're getting a big prospect back. So positive trade all around, I think. Mm-hmm. Moving on now to our next topic. Uh, last Friday, the White Sox helped their back end of the pen by acquiring reliever Alex Colomay from the Mariners for catcher Omar Narvaez. Now, Colomay had some great years in Tampa as their closer. He got traded to Seattle, uh, where he was not as effective. He was still pretty good, but he was not as effective. Uh, so, thoughts on the deal? I think it's a good deal. Again, uh, another one of those ones that's kind of a blah, blah, blah deal. But at the same time, I think it's going to be, you know, a positive deal for both teams. You know, two I, years ago, you would have you heard this deal for Alex, uh, with Alex Colomay in it. And you would have said that's a big deal because he, he was the top relie- one of the top relievers in the game. But he just... Yeah, but relievers are fickle, right? They, they, they go back and forth about you know, I mean, how they're doing and, and each season's results are a little bit different. You look at a Brett Cecil from years ago, had an outstanding that's a, season. That's a good example right there. Yeah. And and you look at that and you give some guy a big contract like Cecil and he hasn't done anything since. I mean, I'm sure the Cardinals mm-hmm. are just absolutely regretting that contract. So, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's, I don't know with, with relievers, it might look like a great deal today. And then next year you think, boy, what happened to Colomay? Right. So yeah, who knows, who knows, but it's a, I mean, it's a reliever deal. It does shore up the pen for them. And, and, uh, and that I, I think is really all they're doing is building pen depth. Mm-hmm. I would have to agree with that. Uh, since we do have a packed episode, we're going to move right along to the non-tenders from last week. So for those of you wondering, that immediately makes a player a free agent. There were a couple people in this list that I'm about to read that did surprise me. So some of the biggest non-tenders were Billy Hamilton, the Reds center fielder, former top prospect. Uh, Jonathan Scope, the Brewers second baseman, whom they acquired at the trade deadline from the Orioles. Avisail Garcia, White Sox right fielder. Matt Davidson, White Sox first baseman, third baseman, and DH, who led the team in home runs. Wilmer Flores, who loved the Mets, got non-tendered by the aforementioned club. Shelby Miller, who, who the Diamondbacks are regretting that deal. They sent Dansby Swanson and a couple others to the Braves to get Shelby Miller. Did not work out. Jan Hervis Salarte by our Blue Jays. Brad Boxberger by the Arizona Diamondbacks. Mike Fires by the Oakland A's. Justin Bohr, Philadelphia Phillies. Tim Beckham, Baltimore Orioles. Our best friend, Ronald Torres by the Chicago Cubs. And Gorky's Hernandez from San Francisco Giants. Best so, name in baseball. <laughs> best I, I, name in baseball. Who doesn't want to be named Gorky's? <laughs> exactly. Right? Right? I, not but not you know a star, what? but I wanted to throw his name in there. Well, hey, he was, you know, I mean, it, he can, I, I don't even know what to say about Gorky, other go, than I love his name. Can, I'm not even <laughs> sure what that even means. But but Billy Hamilton, speed of a mongoose, reflexes of a cat, that guy, uh, you know, maybe he's going to be a good bench player for some late in, late well, game stolen bases. But, uh, I mean, I understand this move because it was reported today, speed actually. only, right? Yeah, that's, that's all he's got. And it was reported today that the Royals are actually pursuing Billy Hamilton quite heavily. They tried to trade for him a couple of years ago, and now that he's a free agent, the Royals are actually really pushing to acquire him. Yeah, yeah. Well, and and it wouldn't surprise me. I mean, it's worth it, right? So, Mm -hmm. uh, well, if that's what they're looking for is the speed. I mean, I'm not sure defensively or offensively you're going to get a whole well, defensively, lot of you're average get, but you're going to get some good defense from Hamilton he's so fast. well because of speed yeah but you know but I mean again 
I don't know if that makes up for. I, well, look at it this way: if they, if they end up making a good, solid sign with him, with maybe low risk, like a low salary and maybe some options, uh, you know, it might be a good move for them. Mm, that's true. Uh, Jonathan Scope, the Brewers, that deal didn't work out for them. Uh, no, nope. they acquired and, Scope from the Orioles at the not at the waiver trade deadline, uh, and he did not produce as a Brewer. No, but he'll land somewhere, probably on a team on a team that's rebuilding that needs the veteran depth, and that's pretty much it for Scope. I, I really don't think there's much to talk about with him other than he'll be a depth piece for some for one of the teams out there. I'm sure he'd like it to be a contender, but it's most mm-hmm. likely going to be a rebuilding team. Uh, obviously, Garcia and Matt Davidson, both from the White Sox, both two of the White Sox best power hitters. They non-headed both. Surprise. Uh, a little bit, just a little bit surprised. But at the same time, when I watch the Rays make some of their moves, I think maybe there's a lot of copycats out there. Very terrified the Jays are going to copy them too much, but I'm so far so good. Uh, and but I see this as kind of a copycat move for the White Sox, making mm-hmm. some surprising moves. But uh, but again, each team is different, and each team values analytics versus old school baseball a little differently. And and so nothing surprises me in baseball today. Um. Wilmer Florence, who loved being a Met, he cried on field when it was reported that he got traded a couple of years ago. He yeah, and wasn't that like 48 years ago? Like, how, <laughs> how is this guy still in the league? Uh, it was like three or four years ago, but... <laughs> but he'd already been in the league for like 48 years. That's true. Uh, but he got non-tendered <laughs> by his favorite team of the New York Mets. Didn't really surprise me. The guy's not producing anymore. Don't no, be shocked no. if he retires. Yeah. Shelby Miller got non-tendered by the Diamondbacks. As I mentioned, the D-backs traded Dansby Swanson first overall pick in 2015 to get this guy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a tough move. I mean, that's that's tough when you've got a <laughs> you make this move, you give all your best prospects away and you're ended up non-tendering him year a couple of years later. It's it's uh it's a challenge, but but again, sometimes you've just got to clear the roster spot and and I think that's what they're doing here. Maybe he'll land somewhere, pick it up again and and do well. You never know. Mm-hmm. Same with Solarte. Well thanks for taking my uh my job. Uh yeah just trying, to, just trying to move you along here. We got like seventeen billion topics in this episode. <laughs> We're still talking about this list of players. Yeah here was Solarte non tendered by the Blue Jays did not produce at all, got injured and came back a lump of coal. Yes. See, I am getting in the Christmas spirit. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, with a lump of coal. <laughs> Brad Boxberger, who had one of the coolest players weekend jerseys, got non-tendered by the Diamondbacks. I think he'll find another home somewhere very soon. He's a very If he doesn't, player. he could start a burger joint. Get it? Oh, yeah, that was the I, best I dad joke of the night. Uh, and the night is still young. Mike Fires uh, got non-tendered by the A's. The A's acquired him from the Tigers midseason. Uh, Fires pitched well, but didn't really bring much to the club. No, no. Didn't pitch with fire in his belly at all. <laughs> and he's throwing things now. Now he's throwing things because of the dad jokes. Okay. Uh, Justin Bohr, who was acquired by the Phillies from the Marlins at the trade deadline, who I believe actually hit under 200 as a Phil, uh, didn't help them in their push for the postseason. Doesn't surprise me at all that he got a non-tendered, but congratulations to him, actually. He just got married. So congrats, Justin Bohr. Your wedding present is that you got non-tendered. Dylan Baker, ye of useless facts. <laughs> or my uh, fact about... Hey, Cody I just Kardashian got festive, too. I said ye. 
Yep. We're getting festive on 211th baseball. Come, come all ye faithful, right? All right. Keep going. Tim I think Beckham. we're killing the listeners with this list. So. <laughs> Tim Beckham, former Oriole shortstop, got an untended former Ray shortstop. Actually, he's now a former Oriole shortstop, got an untended by them. Uh, Ronald Torres uh, got an untended by the Cubs. We had fun talking to Reyes last week. Uh, and Gorky's Hernandez. So it did, it was going to happen. Like as much as we love the name, I don't know if he still spends time in the big leagues after this non-tender. Good luck to Gorky's. But if you can have a Gorky's bobblehead day, <laughs> I mean, really, why wouldn't you take that as a baseball team? Gorky's car keys. You give a, you give a keychain, Gorky's Hernandez on it. That's you. That's my promotion pitch. Wow, that was like half promotion pitch, half dad joke. I'm impressed. Yeah, thank you. I learned from the best. <laughs> the uh, the Mariners continue every week we got more mariners things to talk about last week we talked about them possibly trading robbie cano back to the yankees that didn't happen he did get traded to the mets though along with their star closer edwin diaz and 20 million dollars for jay bruce anthony swarzak and two top prospects who won the deal well i don't know who won the deal i mean you can't know that right now right but but i think what uh what what's happening with the Mets and complete teardown. It's very mm-hmm. uh, almost impressive to see them really tear it down this fast. I mean, the winter meetings don't even start till next week, and and they're just half gone. And and it's kind of interesting. I, I don't know what's next for them. Um, it's definitely not contending, but yeah. it is. Uh, but it is. It's interesting to see the the prospect hall they're collecting, and even some major league ready talent. That's kind of. Uh, it's kind of made it made you raise an eyebrow just mm-hmm. looking at it going maybe they aren't totally not contending they just really want to turn this roster over but um but i think i think they're definitely in some kind of a retooling at the very least and they traded all-star shortstop gene segura to the philadelphia phillies for jp crawford and recent signing for philly carlos santana who did uh everything but produce in his first season as a phil and which was his last season as a phil Along with J.P. Crawford, by the way, who got injured mid-season and didn't. A huge bombshell was dropped yesterday when mm-hmm. Goldschmidt got traded to the St. Louis Cardinals. Goldschmidt, who is arguably the best first baseman in baseball, got sent to the Cardinals for a hefty return of right-hand pitcher Luke Weaver, catcher Carson Kelly, and infielder Andy Young. Was this return too much for a guy who's a free agent next offseason? I think uh, a couple of things here. I, I would say that, that no and yes. Part of the reason I said I'd even add an, a yes to that, normally it would be no. No, there wouldn't be a, a big return. But, well, it is a big return, but it wouldn't be too much. Uh, I think where it might be too much is that you're putting Goldschmidt at third for the first time in his career. Whoa. I don't know if Is that what they're doing? That is what I did not So I that. heard. Yes. So So that's the attempt anyway and so i just don't know about that but that mm-hmm. other than that the rest of this deal is phenomenal for the cardinals the cardinals have thrown themselves right back into the race uh you know really the cubs and brewers are gonna have to watch out for this cardinals team if they shore up that bullpen if they even shore up the rotation in any significant way uh this team is going to be one to re- be reckoned with and they may even pass the brewers in 2019 <sighs> that's a big statement I mean, last year, near the end of the season, the once they hired Mike Schilt as their new manager, they made a push, but they, they didn't go anywhere. But they, they 
I mean, Marcelo Zuna got hot when they were doing. Um, Tyler O'Neill was very good. And um, what's his name? I forget his name. Long hair, luscious locks. <laughs> yeah, to the Cardinals. I forget his name, but he got really hot real at the at the right time and they made a push for it and now Goldschmidt is only going to make that team better so the NL Central is going to be an interesting division next year. It's going to be a bloodbath in the NL Central and that's that's exciting I mean you know you look at the NL West and you've got the same situation as the as the AL Central where basically teams are handing you the division if you're mm-hmm. just willing to make a half uh, half effort at, 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 at signing guys and you know I mean the tr- yeah, last year's Toronto Blue Jays team would have won the AL Central and the West because they would have played more games against those teams and probably would have ended up with just over a 500 record and won it. So, uh, well, maybe not the West of the NL, but, uh, but definitely the AL central. Like this is, this is just silly. Some of these divisions are, are getting so disgustingly difficult, like the AL East and the NL central. And then you've got other divisions like the AL central that are, are just not competitive at all. But I think that yeah. this, I think that this move for the Cardinals is a game changer. I think heading into this move, you would have said the Cardinals third place team at best. Now that Mm -hmm. this move has been made, I think it's a dogfight for the top and it's going to be a really interesting season next year. I would have to agree with that. Uh, On, uh, on, I forget when it was, but it was reported last in the past week that Dallas Keiko had some ties to the Blue Jays. Uh, do these have any validity? I mean, it's pretty self-explanatory as to why we're looking at this. The Jays are rebuilding. Keiko wants big money. It's kind of insane that this is being reported. But do these rumors have any validity, and could this actually go anywhere? Is it, a, is it insane, though? I mean, this is a Scott Boris client. Scott Boris throws things out there willy-nilly. He always likes to tell people that they are that there's a million teams interested in his client. I think if you went up to Ross Atkins and asked him, have you checked in on Keiko? He'd probably he'd, tell you no, yes. He'd give you a 500-word essay. He would, but he would somewhere in that 500-word verbal essay would be <laughs> the word yes. And, and, and that is because the Blue Jays are well-known for doing their due diligence. They have a huge front office staff, a huge player development staff, a huge amount of scouts out there. And, and that, I mean, it's no different than any other team, but the Jays generally check in on every player just to see what the ask is. I mean, you never know. If you move a Stroman or a Sanchez, maybe you need a Keiko in there, right? And mm-hmm. so just to solidify that rotation and, and bridge it to the next competitive window. But I don't think it's beyond beyond that. I think I think maybe he might have made a call, and you know what Scott Boris is going to do with that. The moment he hears Ross Atkins call him, the Blue Jays are interested, and he's going <laughs> to leak it to reporters, and he's going to leak it to everybody. So I don't know that there's anything more to this than exactly that, just conjecture by by um well not by ross atkins but i'm sure he's regretting making the call if he did but scott boris and and just putting it out there to just drive up the price and that's really all i see this as yeah um yeah i don't think this is gonna happen i don't think there's much likelihood to this happening but it'll be interesting to see if they do get him somehow some way moving on whoa on tuesday nice well played Thank you. Patrick Corbin signed a six-year, $140 million deal. I didn't see this one coming. You don't know Um, that reference, do you? Not at all. Price is right, buddy. Price is right. I feel like anyone might watching that show. Um, (laughs) 
So in the in the beginning of the off season when we did our free agent predictions, we confused Trevor Cahill and Patrick Corbin. I then said in last week's episode, apologizing, I said that Patrick Corbin is going to get a lot more than what Trevor Cahill would. I did not expect that Patrick Corbin is going to get six years, one hundred and forty million dollars. No, but he's certainly happy he did. I'm sure this oh, is yeah. the greatest Christmas Christmas in the Corbin household since probably when he first had a Christmas. Wow, I really had no analogy there. But uh, but either way, either way, he's having a good good holiday season right mm-hmm. now. I mean, that is just insane. And um, I really don't even know what else to. I hope he. I hope it works out for them. But uh, boy, oh boy, that is a risk. Question. Question. Corbin only had one good year last year, but does he ride off of that? And do the Nationals now have the best rotation in baseball with a one-two-three punch of Scherzer, Strasburg, Corbin? Potentially, potentially. But again, you're talking about one year of success. Look at Aaron Sanchez was in the Cy Young conversation and hasn't been. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying, and I think that was the same year. And and I don't think he's ever been close to that since. In fact, he can't even keep himself on the field. So you got to be really careful with moves like this, especially in the starting rotation. But it is a need for them, and I think that that is why this move was important for them to make. They knew they were competing against the Yankees, who will probably shift gears to a J-Hap now. Uh, but there hey, is... Wait a second. What? We'll get into that after. Jeez. Oh, hey, hey. Was, They're hey. way too quick. <laughs> we got to segue properly here, Diesel. Okay. <laughs> but, the, uh, but that is true. I mean, like th- this is a move they had to make, and in order to beat the Yankees, sometimes mm-hmm. you're going to have to add that extra year. You're going to have to add those extra dollars, and that's just the facts of the of the matter right so so yeah i think it's a good move if he's healthy it's a terrible move if he's not but look at tulo mm-hmm. just wanted to do that to you because i knew that would fire you up <laughs> oh you yeah that worked <laughs> uh, with corbin off the market who do the phillies and yankees pursue because the phillies and yankees were both going after patrick corbin we had originally written down that jay happ and nathan Ivaldi were on the table for both of those teams, but Ivaldi re-signed with the Red Sox City, which we'll get into a little bit later. Um, so who do the Phillies and Yankees pursue? Do they both go for Jay Happ, or is there another arm like like a Keuchel that would attract their attention? I think Jay Happ actually uh, sat there and saw the Corbin deal and poured himself a nice glass of wine, had a nice smile, and sat in front of the fire because he knew <laughs> that the moment that that happened, he is going to be doing just fine, and that is important for Hap. I don't know who is going to get him, but I think there's going to be huge competition for him now. Mm-hmm. I can, I think we can safely say the Blue Jays are now out on Hap, and because he's going to now get that fourth year for sure, and he's probably going to get it with the Phillies or the Yankees, both of which he's pitched for in the past and uh, and certainly enjoyed. So I, I could see him going to either team. Welcome back. Uh, we had technical difficulties. We could not. We could not hear each other uh, when we spoke. So very sorry about the little delay that you might hear between parts of the episode. But we were in, we were in discussion about who the Phillies and Yankees are going to acquire. I believe you were talking about how Jay Happ is probably going to be a Philly. Yeah, and I won't repeat that because I, I'm pretty sure it is still on the first part of the podcast there. But I just think that I'm thinking it's Philly or or New York. I think uh, mm-hmm. I think New York 
they're ready to spend again, so it's going to be tough for Philly to jump in here. But again, Philly, as we've said in other episodes of the podcast, are ready to spend and spend frivolously. So let's see. I mean, we'll we'll see. Mm-hmm. But one of them is – I think that's where he's going is one of those two places for sure. Yeah. Uh, moving on now, the Blue Jays have a ton of depth, which is something that every team wants, as we discussed last week. Um, but that may be you do. You have the most depth there. What are you gonna do with it? I mean, I think in the season you're gonna see a Drury at third base. You'll probably see uh, you'll probably see Guriel at uh, at short, and then you'll see Travis at second. I think that's how things start. I think that uh, that you're going to see big change throughout the season. This is really going to be a big transition year for the Blue Jays. We know Drury's only going to get that third base spot for probably about 20 days of the season. Then once the free agent issues with Guerrero are up uh, and you get that extra year before his free agency, he's coming right up and he's and staying. Do, do Drury and Travis battle it out for Potentially it'll be, it'll be based on both of the results for sure. Absolutely. And, and, uh, and then I think you start to see if, if any of the other guys start knocking on the door from the miners and I wouldn't be surprised if they do, they've been down there a while. They've been expected for a while. And, and, and I feel like somebody like a Bo Bichette's going to try and knock down that door. And, and yeah. if that's the case, then the depth becomes an even bigger issue. But, uh, but then, you know, maybe, maybe he's knocking down that door around July and, you have some opportunity to move Travis at the deadline or move Drury at the Mm -hmm. deadline for, for something significant. So I think there's opportunity here. I don't see it as a bad thing to have this kind of depth. Well, for sure it's not a bad thing because it's injuries and things like that. But I mean, again, it is a, it's a bit of a log jam and uh, you know, especially when you look at first base and you see them pick up the option on smoke and then you've got, uh, and you've got all of a sudden my brain just, Crapped out on me. Biggio, What's this? Biggio can play first. No, not Biggio. I'm talking about the guy came up last year. Um, for some oh, Telez. Telez, sorry, yeah. So Telez, I think, you know, he proved that he could take first base on an everyday basis in the last mm-hmm. month or two of, of the... I don't going to get much of an opportunity to do that this year unless smoke can prove uh that he should be at DH. Then you got the Morales problem. So, but you know, that, there's I a think, lot of depth there. I think But you it's watch... a challenge. Smoke and Morales play, and then you try to trade both of them at the deadline. Maybe, yep. Yeah. Um, okay, moving on. We'll skip the outfield for today. We don't have specs from Clubhouse Tumor. Tulo, Troy Garbage Witsky. I like that one. Oldie Locks <laughs> Three Bears himself is supposedly... Oldie Locks and the Three Bears. <laughs> supposedly Ouch. healthy. He's younger than me, man. I don't care. He's still old and bad. Okay. How much can we count on that exactly? The Blue Jays need someone at shortstop, so it's better to put your money on him getting injured again and playing Guriel there than him producing. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I think so. I, I, you have to you have to develop your new kids and. And Atkins has said that. He said that in the baseball writers meeting yesterday. And I, I think that, you know, Tulo believes something he can do is is more than what Atkins believes he can do. But uh, but again, it's going to come down to proving it. And he would have to really win this job to be out on that field every day. It's yeah. just not going to happen. I get you're, you're paying him disgusting amounts of money to sit on the bench. <laughs> but at the same time, you have to look at the Blue million? Jays' future too. 
thirty yeah. million for the and, next And you years. have to look at the Blue Jays' future. And next year you can buy them out, I believe. Is it next year you can, or is it twenty twenty two? I don't know, but as soon as it comes, twenty twenty two. It better not be twenty twenty two. Sorry, no, no, no. His contract, his contract's <laughs> up after next. Not not in this coming season, but the year after that. Yeah, I think you can buy him out of his tw- 20 contract, but we'll see. Uh, yeah. But either way, it doesn't matter. It, hopefully, you know what? At some point, maybe you even ask Rogers if you can eat the whole thing and release him but, mm-hmm. um, with his buyout. But but again, I, I don't know what you do with Tulo. He's not going to be Tulo from Colorado. And well, we no, owe him no. $38 million for the next two years. Mm. So... <laughs> He stresses me out. Today, it was reported that Nathan Evaldi had re-signed with the Boston Red Sox. Good for him. He made a crap load of money. Uh, four years. It's an old Corbin deal. Four years, $67.5 million uh, for a pitcher that had one good year, which is kind of what we saw with Corbin. But Yeah. Yeah. I mean, is, it's is, not. Is Evaldi better than Corbin to you? Uh, that's tough. That's a tough one to say. I, I, you know what? The funny thing is, it's not as stupid a money as as the other one. So, mm-hmm. um, as Corbin, because I just think Corbin, with one year of success, is is that's way too much money, but yeah. and way too many years. But um, of all these deal, I don't, I don't see it as a bad thing. I, I think this is par for the course for baseball now. I don't. I mean, you have a good year, and you're going to get four years. I think Hap's going to mm-hmm. get the same thing. Now, Hap has better track track record, but uh, but I and that maybe that's the weird part about this is, you know, Hap's probably lining up for a four year deal with like three, four, five years of proof behind him, um, whereas one guy like this, Avaldi, gets you know four years with one year. So yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know. It's it's interesting. Maybe Hap can pull out a fifth year he probably deserves it but again age is going to hurt him there mm-hmm. and uh and yeah we'll see what happens but uh, but i don't mean I, I think this is a fairly average deal for for baseball now i would agree with that i think it's a good deal for the red Sox. i think it's a good deal for evaldi uh carlos i mean it's not exactly a four-year contract he was still signed through this year they picked up the option for 2020 and then signed it for 2021 and 2022 he's with a $14 million option for 2023. Carlos Carrasco will be 35 at the end of this deal, 36 for the option year. Thoughts on the deal? Will they pick up the option, and how will he perform? I, highly unlikely about the option, but who knows? I mean, you never know. Look at Hap. He's, he's aging well. He's still pitching very, very well. It's a good chance that Carrasco could do the, maybe the same thing. I, I don't see this as a bad deal at all. I see it as a way to keep him as a, a lifetime Cleveland Indian mm-hmm. and, and nothing else. And, and I think that it works for them. I think he'll pitch well. Um, he's always proven he can. He's not one of these one-year wonders. So, uh, you know, I don't, I don't think it's a bad deal at all. I think – I think it's perfect. And, and whether they pick up the option or not, he's had a great career there and, you know, he should be proud of what he's, he's had and the, the stuff that he's accomplished as a Cleveland Indian. And hopefully for them, they can go deep into the playoffs and maybe give him one last run of the world series. But, um, but a good move. I mean, it's kind of the Jose Bautista type move where, you know, you, exp- I mean, the options probably aren't getting picked up, but, uh, but, again, but, but again, it's loyalty to your, your guy. Mm-hmm. So, to wrap things up, as we always do, the latest offseason buzz. So, is Bryce Harper going to the Phillies? Dealing Carlos Santana opened up a spot for Reese Hoskins at first base, which is where the Phillies wanted to play him. 
and where he came up uh, in, in the system as he was garbage in left field last year. Does that mean that the Phillies outfield vacancy? Uh, you know what? You cut out there, so I did not hear what you asked me. <laughs> Does At least the I had fact to be honest. Traded, yeah. Does the fact <laughs> they traded Santana, which opens up a spot for Reese Hoskins, oh, yes. okay. they're close to Bryce Harper? I don't think anybody's close to Bryce Harper. I think Bryce Harper will be paraded around the winter meetings and meet with lots of teams. But I think that it certainly opens up the door. And and for sure, they're going to pursue him. There's no question about that. Does he really want to go to Philly? I doubt it. They're going to pay him big bucks. Well, but so are others. And I think he might hold out for that. And I... and. And we'll see. I mean, we'll see. Who knows? Maybe he wants to go there. He sees that they're building. Uh, but it's funny, you know, we look at all these moves, that are, this flurry of moves that's been made already in this offseason, and you don't see a lot of Phillies in those moves. That's right? True. So there's been a few, but, but certainly, you know, for what they said they were going to do, I haven't seen a whole lot happening just yet. So um, so it's it's it'll be interesting to see. And, and I do think it opens that spot for him. But, um, but I don't know if, if that's a place he wants to be. Mm-hmm. Manny Machado, uh, there is quite literally nothing on him. Uh, Corey Kluber has had, has had his name mentioned as one close to being dealt. The Reds and Dodgers are both reported to be in on him. Well, the Reds are, are hunting. They're hunting for starting pitching right now. They've, they've talked to the Blue Jays about Stroman. They've really put the feelers out there, too. Uh, and it doesn't surprise me that they're coming up all over the place on starting pitchers. It's going to be the way it is until they get one or two of them. But it's interesting to see them back in the game and not necessarily being bottom feeders like they've been for the last little while. So um, I'm curious to see what the Reds are going to do this offseason. But uh, but doesn't surprise me to see this rumor at all. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me me either. I'm just curious to see what team Kluber ends up going to and why they're interested in trading Corey Kluber. I get it. There's the prospect hall, but I mean, he's an ace and a former Cy Young winner, so kind of baffles me. Um, Depends on what you'll get back, right? It's, yeah, it's, no, it's, it's you listen on everybody. You don't necessarily move anybody, but you listen, right? And, yeah. and if you're going to get wowed by a deal that's really too hard to give up, uh, then, then go for it. But otherwise, you just keep them. Yep. Um, next, Zach Granke has also had his name mentioned, but his no trade clause includes the Red Sox, the Yankees, and the Dodgers. And Blue Jays fans, in case you're wondering, it also does include the Blue Jays. So where does he end up going? I don't think anywhere necessarily, but uh, interesting no trade clause. We know that he has uh, he has had anxiety issues in the past, which scream out why those big media heavy centers are are on that list. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think he is is avoiding teams that probably need him right now. So I think that that's where you're going to run into issues. Maybe the Reds check in. He'd certainly probably <laughs> do well there. Well, they may. They may. I mean, they're looking for starting pitching, and, yeah. and, and that's the type of place he'd feel more comfortable in. He can't handle the media spotlight of a New York or an L.A., and that's fine, too. And I think that, that you know, he's going he's gonna to land somewhere potentially because I know Arizona's trying to, to move some pieces to, to retool again as well. Seems like it's the, uh, the thing to do in baseball right now. But, mm-hmm. um but uh, so I think he's going somewhere. I don't know where. Uh, but again, it won't be any of those major those major centers. And the three of the teams that are 
supposedly contending. In the NL East, the Mets, Phillies, and Braves have all checked in on JT Romuto, the Marlins' all-star catcher, who is arguably the best catcher in the game. Do you think he goes in the NL East? Do you think someone else swoops in and grabs him? I just hope he goes soon because he's really blocking the ability to move Russell Martin. And I think if you get the opportunity to eat some of that money and move Martin right away, you do it. Uh, Real Muto needs to be moved because that's going to open that up. I don't know where he goes. I really don't. Um, I do believe that he moves though. Mm -hmm. I I think if my gut would say the fills, uh, but but again, I'm not sure. Okay. Well, that'll, that is it for this week's episode. It's a long one. We've had technical difficulties. All I want for Christmas is you. There you we go. even had a singing, there you go. A little soundbite of singing. Serenade. A serenade yeah. for the listeners. I'm not sure it was my, as much of a serenade as it was torture. Um, <laughs> but this has been episode 7 of 211's Baseball Talk. Thank you very much for joining us. We hope you enjoyed the episode. For Chris Baker, I'm Dylan Baker. We will see you all next week.